It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's high time. We had a high time. Together. Together. Yes, it's high time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and cannabis lifestyle guide. This week on the podcast, my friend Danny Keith and I reunite after a long COVID separation. As a fellow gondrepreneur and podcaster, when Danny and I get together, we can't help it. We talk shop. Today's chat meanders from building a podcast worth the effort to riffing on the importance of cannabis culture and its value to the business of cannabis. We also have an unexpected drop-in that I just couldn't take out. And if you stick around to the end, DK delivers unsolicited advice to feed your entrepreneurial spirit, whether you're in the cannabis game or not. Speaking of, if you're ready to get paid to be yourself and Mama Cannabis is calling, White Ash Group will make sure you're in the right place to receive her call. White Ash Group is North America's premier choice for cannabis staffing, recruitment, and executive search. So what are you waiting for? Proactively add yourself to their cannabis jobs database, and a recruitment expert will reach out. As for you gondrepreneurial trailblazers out there leading the way, did you know that one in three job candidates lie about their qualifications? I mean, when I heard, that doesn't surprise me. Fake it till you make it was always my battle cry before marching into a job interview. These days, bad hires cost critical time and money. That's why White Ash Group provides pre-screened and vetted talent and tailored cannabis hiring solutions for multi-state operators, LPs, the vape and tech industries, retail operations, product, and lifestyle brands. Hiring the right team is the most important thing a business owner will do. 
So if your cannabis company is in building mode in the U.S. or Canada, don't leave it to chance. Visit whiteashgroup.com to learn more. Tell them Joe sent you. You longtime listeners first met Danny Keith over 100 episodes ago as the founder and CEO of Cannabis Club TV, which he sold in 2019. When considering his next move, DK didn't go too far from home. On today's podcast, he shares the spark that ignited another reunion of pop culture legends, Cheech and Chong, and their desire to infuse legacy cannabis culture into the dispensary shopping experience. If you're feeling legendary, why not pull over and hotbox it, open smoke style, and then settle in? It's time to get casually baked. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar kind. I got the West Coast smoke, but I better just take one. Danny Keith, welcome yeah. back to the studio. Thank you, darling. So happy to see your face. I know, it's been weird this last, you know. To be honest, I'm just happy to see anybody's <laughs> face. <laughs> I, don't, I don't take that as an insult. It's like, we got so used to, I mean, I don't think it was, but maybe a couple years ago I was here doing stuff with you and we were lamenting on all the shows and everything that was happening and what are we going to do? We would just walk down from a show. Now I would fucking kill to go to a show or anything just to see people. Well, and you just told me that this is the two year anniversary of us doing the last show. Weird. Because we were supposed to be together last week and for whatever reason I woke up that morning early and I was like, I'm not feeling it today. And then you shot me a text. I was like, yeah, let's just push it out a week. And, it, and for no reason. And then yeah. I wake up this morning and it's like, you did this two years ago today. I was all, that's why we had to wait a week. Yeah. You know? And I really was overwhelmed last week. So I'm in a better frame of mind to be chatting with you today anyway. Energy is important. It's everything. So if you're feeling like, I don't like to force anything. I'm not one to let something fall off a shelf, but. If something's not, if you're not feeling it, it just might as well yeah. pause it. If people get bummed on that, you're just like, well, and the human. other thing is just like allowing yourself to be in the flow. And if doing something is going to be like swimming upstream, then what's the point? Or that- if you can't dedicate all your time to it, you know, like I had many times, like, in fact, we talked off air about somebody that I interviewed that's nefarious in the industry. And the first time I called him, he was like, I could tell he was like a taqueria doing a million things. No, no, no. We could do this now. And I'm like, dude, I am not going to ask you questions while you're trying to order a burrito. While you're eating tacos. So then the next time we talked, he's like, I call him. He's like, yeah, I'm ready. I pulled over to the side of the road and I'm smoking a joint. I'm all, well, okay, here this we go. This is as good as it's This gonna is going to be. And he just, I think he smoked like three joints. This is one of those things where I ha- we had to stop because it was like episode one because we need to go to episode two. I'm sure you have those where you talk with somebody and you're like, okay. This is enough for this one. Let's, yeah, we'll do another one down, down the road. Yeah. And actually, there's a woman that I want to talk to. And we had a, a brief little introductory call earlier this week. And I'm like, okay, I want to talk to you about these three things, but that's way too much for one show. So if I can get you to like come in a couple of times, we can really do this right. So, you know, I think it is about biting off as much as you can chew and people are willing to. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. It's like hard to listen. We talked about off air about editing too. It's like, whew, do an hour show. You're in six hours deep just to get that thing post, pushed out, you know, and published. Yeah. So, 
And, you know, the people that just let theirs run and it might be two and a half hours and, you know, that's easy to do if you're the editor because you don't do shit to it. Mm. You just kind of like master the sound and send it out. If you're going to run that long, you better have an on-site engineer. Well, but my point is, you know, I cut out all the crap and, Mm. you know, tighten up spaces to make it more of a pleasurable listening experience. Yeah. I can't, I don't know if I can... I listen to audiobooks. That's about the only thing I can li- like. If it's a podcast, and it's, I've really kind of come down to the fact that even when I start mine, you know, getting back on mine, I'm gonna do. Is Santa Claus here? I know. I'm gonna. Um, you know, time out. Let me just tell you something about that fucking doorbell. So <laughs> I'm the only one that has a doorbell because I have clients that sure. come into this space. Well, the five neighbors that I have in this. Victorian here. Pretty nice place. They all have gotten keen to that. So when they have a delivery, they they put unit number one on the door. So we hear the doorbell. So I'm going to hear this doorbell. You almost need to incorporate that as like a sound effect. So when someone tells you something like (laughs) awakening, you're all bing bong. (laughs) It's planned, people. It's not, it's not accident. Oh, so I was going to say, like when I, you know, when I do podcasts now, I try to stick to like 30 minutes actually. Just, because people have such short attention spans. Yeah. Unless but, it's really compelling. Then I, yeah. Then I and that's my thing when somebody's like, okay, how long are we going to talk? I'm like, well, you know, definitely not more than an hour. But, you know, if we've said everything we need to say in 23 minutes, holy mother of Jesus. Go ahead. I'll Hold stand on. here. Yeah, thanks. Keep them entertained. I will. I'll just let people know <clears throat> a little bit about who I am. <laughs> uh, Joanna and I have known each other for a bunch of years. And um, she's getting a delivery. Yeah. So she just. Oh, no, she's going to beat him up. I was like, she's going to kill them. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, back to what I was saying, like 30 minutes I've found, you know, because you get I don't know what you use for your broadcasting. I've always kind of tried to monitor how you're doing it because you've been you've been on it for a while and you've not paused at all. But. The analytics will tell you how long people actually listen to your podcast. Mm-hmm. So if no one's getting past 15 minutes, 20 minutes, the backside of it doesn't even ever get heard. So well, see, that's why I build my podcast <laughs> the way I do. You know, I use the Aesop's Fables approach, mm. you know, where that? we, you and I will have a discussion. And then after we're done with this, I'll listen to it. I'll ponder on it. And I'm like, what's the big takeaway? What do, what do I want people to get out of this? What do I want people oh, so you thinking narrow it about? Down. So then, you know, I have an intro and then we have our conversation. And then at the end of the show, I kind of tie it all together for people mm. in a pretty little bow. And I don't give a fuck if they listen all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how that's I just started looking at it. On. And like people, I'd have a couple friends that would want to listen and they're like, I had to listen to it in three different episodes because I was, you know. Or three different sittings. Yeah. Well, that's the way I am with like a Joe Rogan. Well, that guy's just ridiculous, but. Well, but there's sometimes. Too much DMT and acid and stuff. Time out though. Like if he, when he interviewed Rob Lowe the other day, it was just entertaining and fun. Sure. Now it took me four sittings to get through it, but who cares? Right. No, for sure. If you got a task to do, but to sit down and listen, it's hard. It's a podcasting. It's funny. It's been around forever, but I feel like now it's more relevant than it's ever been. So, 
Well, I mean, it's just a new way for people to reach a super niche audience. And anybody can create a podcast. Anybody can't just stick to it and continue to do it weekly yeah. for three years. It's tough. Thank you very much. High five. <laughs> um, it's not easy to... Well, it's like doing radio, right? You, you, the first thing they'll tell you about any broadcasting, it's it's you know consistency and a fa- you got to get familiar with your listening audience, right? And so once they're once you have listeners and you're delivering product to them, you have to stay on that. You know what I mean? And otherwise, it's like they're not going to pay attention. Like I think for me, it's the consistency piece, but also the shared experience because there's a plethora of things to talk about always. Yeah. But being able to deliver that information in a way that's not only relevant, but really connects with that person. Like people like podcasts because they feel like I'm sitting in the truck next to them right now. Hey, how's it going? Keep your eyes on the road. Pass a joint over here. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so tell me what's going on with your podcast. Well, so COVID hit. <clears throat> right. And I was always really? doing this is I'm going to taking you back <laughs> March 6th. Um, you know, you and I both have the luxury and the benefit of knowing a lot of the there's different atmospheres of players in this space. There's the MSO people who think they're they know everything and everybody knows them, but no one really gives a shit about them. Then there's the people that are on the ground that, that are actually moving pieces and integral to. I don't want to say success of the industry or even the atmosphere of the industry. They're just, that's the community, right? And we, so, and there's quite a few of them. Yeah, it's the fabric. Yeah, there you go, the fabric. And so we've, you know, it's silly when we have access to people that other people would die to have access to and to not talk to them. We did a deal with Cannabis Club TV back in September of last year. And so on the back of that, I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? So I I knew I was going to stay on a little bit with Enlighten, but at the same time, I needed some creative outlet. And so I, I punted up a podcast real quick and we did the... Which is Cannabis Karaoke. Mm-hmm. And then I do the 421 show with Aaron, which was more of a live venue thing that we were trying to accomplish. And then COVID just wiped that out. But our last one was Tommy Chung at the Emerald Cup. And that was an interesting interview. And so... Yes, it was. <laughs> it was It was literally... It was funny. That thing was so scripted that we were supposed to go down. Like we had a whole... We had a whole production set up for that and then it just went right out the window from jump and so well no shit yeah i mean tommy likes to do that so and and then we ended up having george jung up on stage and you know the guy from blow and it was just i mean it was a great train wreck it was gold but it was no i mean we literally had cards and i'm like these things are there's no reason to even ask these questions we just have to now drive the boat and make sure we don't run into the ground or or hit a bridge (laughs) but so I started doing cannabis karaoke, just kind of like a freestyle podcast. Cause like, as we talked about with post edit, I didn't have anybody to help me engineer it. And while I'm adept at doing post edit stuff, you know, by the time you listen to it, edit it, da, 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 like we talked about six hours. Yeah, it's a huge time suck. Right. And so I just got really customarily attached to just tipping and tailing and balancing and punting. Right. And so I would come across people that wanted podcasts and I would do them. No real regular schedule per se. I think you were the first or you were the first mm-hmm. the f- my first <laughs> oh so anyways <laughs> so then COVID hit and I really ramped up because it kind of looking back like you always think the world's gonna collapse right and then all of a sudden it did and it's kind of like holy shit everything I was always worried about just is happening now and so I jumped full bore into just 
podcasting and trying to figure out what everybody was doing. Um, and honestly, partly too, to figure out how to live broadcast, simulcast, use IG, like how to like, not just podcast, but how do I incorporate all the other properties that at the time Cannabis Club TV had, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. What'd you come up with? Twitch. Um, you know, I ended up, it was a multitude of softwares. It was like Restream.io with OBS, using Zoom, building faceplates or what do you call them? Um, I don't even know. So I did all that stuff and I'd, I'd use Yellow Duck to broadcast to IG Live and I was rocking and rolling. And then in the midst of COVID, I became a teacher for my kid. Oh, yes. Which yes. is not good. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a dumb guy, but at the same time, I'm not exactly a teacher, right? Of seventh grade products. On top of that, I started a company, you know, that we'll talk about. And I was still like consulting the company I just sold. So I'm also the guy that if I can't do something at least to the best of what I know my ability is to do it, I have no inclination to do it half ass. And so I had to just pause for a minute. I mean, I have, I still have episodes in the can that I haven't even put out because in the middle of everything else, my bathroom floor fell out in the middle of COVID and I had to do an emergency bathroom innovation. So it was like, I just, fuck, I needed to sleep. Yeah. And I, you know, I couldn't, and it's a bummer because I like to interview people too. I like to talk to people. Well, here's the thing that I've done. Being somebody who's put out a show weekly for three years, I keep it way more fucking simple than what you just said. Well, no, I I can't. Well, I know, but your, but your thing is like, I want to do this thing and I want it to reach everybody in the whole wide world immediately or whatever. And I'm more of a, I'm fine with the slow burn. Like Mm -hmm. this is my contribution to my community and I will create loyal listeners who will do all of the foot soldier work for me and become podcast patrons and do all of those things and help me create a tribe that can move this thing along. So, you know, for me, I'm like, I'd rather be a glacier. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately for me, I was looking for that morning radio feel that I'd had. You know, like where it's a live component. And yeah. so it was more of an addictive thing to get back to that. Right. But then also with this new company that I was starting with the time, I knew that the talent that we work with, the pop icons that we work with are up there in age. And so if there was a way that I could utilize, like we're opening dispensaries and stuff, and I don't want to get too far ahead, but the thought was to have a place in there that they could come in and do their broadcast. And then we would use their social properties to live cast it. So part of me was trying to learn how to do it different than Mm -hmm. everybody else. In fact, I, I did do a a couple different really interesting things with it, but it was really never to make any money. And it was always just creative flow for me. And I'm with you on the podcast side. And when I go back to doing it again, when, and if we fired up, it will be simple because now I know how to do it. I mean, I paid some guy on Twitch to help me learn how to live stream and the gamers are where it's at, man. If you combine podcasting with gamers, those guys are maniacs. Yeah. So I I had somebody set all this stuff up here where I could do live streaming and then I'm looking at myself like, okay, I'm all alone in a studio. I get energy from being with other people. I have no desire to just live stream me doing a soliloquy. So, you know, I have all that set up now, but I just haven't done anything with it. It just goes to show that there's more. If you want to do more with your podcast, 
and it's you should really make that decision. You have a great path. You're a stay regular. I flamed out only because I was doing too many things at one time. Yeah. And so, and it wasn't really a cornerstone of what, it was just something to fill my time plus access to people plus knowing how to do it. Yeah. Well, and I think what keeps me going is my commitment to <clears throat> cannabis culture and trying to move the needle forward and be that highly responsible face for cannabis culture. Well, and, and you do it face to face. I mean, we're face to face right now and that went away. And so I'm the same way. Like doing a Zoom with somebody is like, mm. as you saw in that interview that you watched, I got distracted like a hundred times by a million different things. Is that a bird? You know, it's like, well, so, and those damn Zoom backgrounds where parts of your body disappear. are fading in and out. <laughs> I didn't like, make it's that. Ridiculous. That was his. I mean, it was cute. It was fun. Yeah. I did whatever. But I mean, even doing Zoom calls, I've had nightmares, you know? So yeah. it's I'd rather be person to person. So that kind of also kind of discouraged me to keep just doing over the phones or... Yeah. Yeah. I just have told people, you know, I'm happy to come to you. You can come here. I social distance all the time. I'm by myself. So... You know, I don't really have an interest in doing many more of these Zoom things if I don't have to. When are we going to get out of it, though? Like, it's just, well, it's... when people put their foot down like me and say, "Well, great," when when you're ready to. No, I know, but as a country, <laughs> like, I want to be able to do these. Like, you can't tell me that we wouldn't have an amazing time, like they did at MJ Biz, where they have the podcast alley and we're in there interviewing people. I mean, that's fun. Yeah, it's hard to. I mean, yeah, you're right. I haven't had an. This is my first in-person interview. Since fucking COVID hit. Yeah, I've had three people tell me that same thing when I've looked across this table at them. Wink. <laughs> so I love being your first. Yeah, again. Again. Man. All right, so let's shift Losing let's... my virginity to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dangerous. Multiple times. How did that happen? <laughs> so I love what you're doing right now with your new venture, 8th Icon Holdings. Because at the core of it is classic cannabis culture. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about that. Yeah, it's an interesting one. You know, obviously Paris and I are really good friends. and Paris Chong. Yes, sorry, Paris Chong. And um, Ben, you know, Cannabis Club TV was associated with Tommy. Uh, I've been managing that. It was the Chong's Choice brand at the time. I, I had a license that I was selling, you know, pre-rolls and whatnot. And, and then there was a a rebrand of the Chong's Choice and, you know, I sold CCTV and, and I was like, I was at Paris's house in February actually. And I said, Hey, I think, uh, I think, you know, happy trails, bro. I think we're, you know, I'm going to move on from everything and I'm going to look for my next venture. I don't know what that is. Um, but you know, thanks for everything. <laughs> We were still buddies. I mean, we're best one of he's one of my best friends. Mm -hmm. But you know, there really wasn't. It was kind of felt like the end of the road because of the people we were working with at the time and Chong's Choice was going through its situations that it was just like it was kind of time to move on from that. And Paris and I started talking about well, what would it look like to open Cheech and Chong dispensaries? And we're like, could we actually do that? You know, do you think we actually could? And then him and I drafted up kind of like a business plan around it more around just the ideology of it, which really for us was to get away from the absence of culture in these places. I mean, let's face it. They're not just celebrities. They're pop icons, you know, pop culture icons with regards to the weed industry and the stoner image and just everything around it. And so we wanted to build something that was 
part Ripley's, believe it or not, part Mademoiselle's Wax Museum, part, you know, Planet Hollywood, whatever you want to say, where it's not just a dispensary when you walk in, but it's experiential. And it's like, you know, replicas of the love machine or, you know, just we want it to, to be something where we could give those guys the right recognition for what they had done and built and not just bastardize the name. So, right. you know, we're really focused on major markets. We made up a word. It's called dispensaria. You know, it's kind of the brain brainchild of Tommy and Cheech to come up with that. They're both very active. In, so that word is not dispensary in Spanish? I don't believe so. The way we're spelled, maybe it is. But dispensaria, I don't know if they have a word for dispensary in Spanish. Great, yes, great. I mean, Cheech pretty much coined it, so maybe it is. But nobody's using it, so we're claiming it. Well, yeah, totally. And uh, Cheech and Chong's dispensaria. Dispensaria. And it's, you know, we're looking for major markets. San Francisco, LA, we've got some properties that we're pretty close to closing on um, in those areas and, you know, looking at other parts of the country, but we want to be major market. We don't really, not that we wouldn't put a dispensary in, you know, a dispensary, a dispensary. We wouldn't put a location <laughs> like out in Bakersfield or, you know, fireball or something like that. Like we, we're no offense, no offense, you know, and no offense to the guys that are doing it, MedMen and cookies and nug and all these people and doors, a door's a door. It's not easy to find a door. But we just feel like we have such an amazing asset that we want to do the best we can with it. Not just what we can with it. We want to do the best we can. So that was our start. That was our thought process. And they agreed to it. And they said, you know, fuck, you're the only ones that have ever really put anything in front of us that made sense. I'd done okay with them on CCTV and the other stuff. And so here we are, you know, eight months later, we have 8th Icon Holdings and, uh, the eighth is a denomination of weed and icon is Cheech and Chong. So that's kind of how we came up with the name. And, you know, I think I'm really excited about, while we're working on the dispensarias, you know, we're about to launch our delivery um, platform here in the next two weeks. And that's the Cheech and Chong's takeout? Correct. Okay. And so that's going to be, we're also managing the Tommy Chong's cannabis line in California at the moment. So we're doing pre-rolls and flour and, Everything flower is us in California. So we're running a wholesale part as well as the delivery part. Because one of the main things that we really wanted to focus on was if we're going to open up these Cheech and Chong's dispensarias, we better goddamn well have product. And good weed, yeah. Yeah, we better have Tommy Chong's cannabis and Cheech's stash running full tilt. So we're 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 managing the Cheech and Chong dispensarias wholly. We're not partnering. We're not franchising. We're, we're doing it all OPEX is us. And when it comes to wholesale side, Tommy Chong's Cannabis, and then delivery side is Tommy Chong's Cannabis and Cheech's Stash. So let's talk about Tommy Chong's Cannabis. Where <clears throat> is that cultivated? So we are using a couple distinct growers at the moment, and I'm not sure if I can tell who, but we eventually will be seed to sale. We're looking at partnering with or buying into some farms, primarily so that we can control strain availability and consistency. Um, Jeremy Abrams is in charge of our wholesale division and operations per se. He's our COO. And so he's the one that's kind of vetting the product that we're getting um, and making sure that it's produced to the level that we want. Now, there are price restrictions with stuff, but we're not going to go the normal route of like, what, what's the cheapest cannabis we can get away with and sell for the most money? We're going to make sure that we have a quality product that people want to purchase. And so we have a great sales rep. Um, he's about to hit the ground next week. Jeremy's kind of running all of that. We'll be launching Tommy Chong Cannabis next week. 
Um, and then within about two weeks, we'll have Cheech's stash um, going. And then just going to keep backfilling that. And I would imagine we'll be humming pretty good by the first quarter. You know, we were doing pretty good with it when it was Chong's Choice. And so I don't see any reason why we wouldn't do well with it with Tommy Chong's Cannabis. So when you say that uh, Cheech and Chong's Takeout will be launching in the next couple of weeks, that will be in what areas? Uh, the entire state of California. So hasn't dropped yet. Press drops on Tuesday of next week. Um, we did a deal with Buddy and Driven and Ganja Runner. And so they're powering our platform. They also do uh, Little Wayne's and a couple other people's. And so they have hubs all over California. They do pre-buys and then they distribute them. And so you go to Cheech and Chong's Takeout right now and there's a button on there that says order. As soon as they input our orders, which will be landing out of distro, I think the end of this week, um, they'll be available statewide um, for purchase. Right on. And I also read that this is going to be a multi-state operation eventually. Where are you? What's the rollout plan look like? Anywhere that is. A, so it's, that's a multifaceted answer. So All right. I'll be ready for this. Yeah. So there's the takeout <laughs> delivery wholesale component. Okay. And then there's the dispensaria component. So we will probably enter most markets in a delivery wholesale methodology to stand up the brand in that market so that by the time of we're opening a dispensaria, we've got brands or brands or brands yeah, in every state. Built in but, but we got to think about our brand, right? Mm-hmm. And so in order for us to make sure that we have that traction and to understand the market, because it is a frenetic market, I mean, there's been no shortage of people that and gratefully have approached us to do business with them. And it spans, gosh, probably 15 different states right now from people that are like, hey, I've got a license or hey... I'm a cultivator or, you know, and you know, being in cannabis, it's, it's a little bit of a connecting the dots. You might get through seven of the 10 dots and go, ah, eh, fuck, we can't do this. You know what I mean? It's not going to work here. So we're looking at Colorado. We're looking at Massachusetts. We're looking at, um, Illinois, um, Florida. We're kind of doing some stuff, but it's kind of a weird situation down there. Um, and then a couple other emerging States, probably not going to look at, you know, your Oregon's or your Washington's at the moment. Nevada is obviously an interesting one. Arizona, um, so it really comes down to partnerships because that's you're never going to do everything as a whole subsidiary. You're, you have to raise a billion dollars to do it. So you're going to be looking for partners along the way, and that cuts time to market. So I think we're looking at Colorado next All to right. do some delivery and stuff. And then from there, it's we're working through deals right now. So I'm excited about the, you know, I did experiential marketing for years before getting into all of this. So you know, when you start talking about the customer experience, when you go in there, I get excited and I'm hoping, are we going to have some sort of a, a stage or performance area <laughs> where we can have live podcasts and like, it's funny you mentioned that. So one of our partners in the company, one of the founders, Aaron Silverman from media gel, like that's his range, right? Like, so I'm the president and I kind of have to manage the cats. And so he's one of the cats I have to manage and he's a great cat, you know, but <laughs> Um, he's like the guy that's like, check out this and check out that. We need to have a stage. And it's like the best thing about our team, I think, is that we've all had our own independent successes and we've all worked together for quite some time. So there's not a lot of weird energy that we've got to work through. Like we've already done stuff together. Now we're just doing it together. And so, yeah, we're going to take a page out of COVID. We're going to custom design some video walls. Um, where we can bring in Cheech and Chong Live, um, t- both touchscreen and interactive. Um, and then obviously we want to run stoner comedy shows. We want to do interviews. We want to do podcasts. We want to do 
that's the whole reason I learned how to do live casting because anything we do out of our dispensaria is going to be broadcast live across, you know, all of our network partners that we have access to. So when you go in there, we're really looking and it's, you know, look, everybody will tell you they want 25 to 65. They want the blend of female to male. They want what we're going to do on a product side is we're going to, you know, satisfy the weed heads, satisfy the wellness people, provide the best product at the best price. I don't have any doubt in my mind that Jeremy will make that happen and our operations team will make sure that that's covered. From there, we all agree customer service is paramount. While we're not going to be like hammering some process for people, I also don't want to, da- you know, I don't want some dab guy that all he's doing is pushing people towards dabs. You know, I want people that are educating our consumers because I still think we have a fair amount of uneducated people and we have a lot of lopsided dispensaries. They're either flower heavy, edible heavy, whatever. And then for the Cheech and Chong connoisseur, we want to make it a destination for them to come to. I got high with Cheech and Chong in San Francisco, you know, t-shirts and, you know, the ability to interact with Cheech and Chong on a Tuesday afternoon at three o'clock scheduled, you can show up, you know? And so a little bit of a tourist, a trap kind of thing slash clothing company. And there's a lot of discussions about as we build out our dispensarias that we have the clothing and accessory access component outside of the dispensary so that all ages can go in to that mm-hmm. store and not have to come into the dispensary to buy it. And so we just really want to give homage to the guys and provide the fans with stuff that they've been kind of on a scavenger hunt for in the last 40 years that they've been doing this. Yeah. One of the fun things to think about is how, <clears throat> you know, Cheech and Chong is definitely a baby boomers sure. type situation here. And so now we have, you know, baby boomers being attracted to something that they remember mm-hmm. back in their youth. And now we've got, you know, the Gen Z generation who is going to... And millennials. and Well, yeah. yes, I feel like us, you know, like I'm a Gen Xer. I'm a Gen Xer. And, you know, so millennials, Gen Z, yeah. they're going to learn about the roots of the culture. You know, it's ironic because that's the first pushback we get right? It's like, do the 20-somethings know who Cheech and Chong is? And That's the point to me. Yeah, but I, you know what's so funny is they do because in a way, they're almost like a, a, fork, a folklore uh, group of people. Like, everybody knows who Cheech and Chong is. They know who they are. But they don't, are associated with them, but they have their own. So we ironically launched a TikTok in the last week, right? One week, okay? Primarily not our age group on TikTok, right? Yeah. 400,000 friends, a million likes, and like 5 million views on our videos. It's the sweet spot right now for a big brand with icons like Cheech and Chong to just completely take over a category on TikTok. You know, it's funny. I spent a lot of time trying to learn it before we launched it because we were looking at other platforms as well, Snapchat, just other ways to engage, right? It's really about engagement. And what TikTok has done versus Instagram or anybody else for that fact is it's a great blend of like who you're following, how you know who's following you back, the for you page, duetting, like there's just more creative input, not more video based creative input than there is just static images. And I feel like, you know, Instagram was that a, that really nice house that you bought that you started adding on rooms to. It's a little clunky, right? Well, that's and, what they bought the reels in for. Yeah, and that's a definite page out of TikTok. It's really about, you know, what TikTok's done is streamlined how people want to consume content and how to keep them engaged, right? So you look at your screen time on your phone, like I'm in four hours a week on TikTok and I'm on 10 minutes on Instagram. It's about engagement. And so 
my point about that though was these are all younger people that we're now reintroducing the culture to. And so we're actually getting Cheech and Chong to make unique content for TikTok. And I think that's the answer is that you have to reintroduce why they are who they are to the younger generation and then reinforce that to the baby boomers and the people that knew. Because a lot of people just know one or two lines or the love machine or, you know, the chick doing Ajax or, you know what I mean? There's all kinds of little idiosyncrasy things that come out of them. Dave's not here, man. Dave's not here, man. And so with that being said, those are the, you know, we're now working on educating people on who they are um, so that they can understand and have a connection to that. Yeah. And that was my point of, yeah, they know who they are, but they don't, they haven't dove into that culture. There's nowhere you can even watch the movies. Up Up in Smokes on Netflix. That's it. Try to find it. Maybe a couple of bootlegs on YouTube. Interesting. They're like 40 years old, those movies, you know? Yeah. Almost royalty free at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, you know, you've talked about the team at 8th Icon. What's it like working with Cheech and Chong? You know, I've been around them for quite some time. I've done a fair amount of comedy shows and, you know, different events. A lot more with Tommy than with Cheech and Chong, but man, they're really excited. I can tell you we had a big meeting yesterday that I can't really discuss too much in detail, but they're really excited about what we're putting together, how we're representing them, how we're respecting the processes, because there's a lot of processes involved. Like we want to make a coaster. We can't just go do that. We got to clear it with this attorney, this rep, that PR agency. But then when you get all that magic together and you do a push, like we did two press releases and it took off like wildfire. And so a lot of times people will work with a celebrity-based brand, which again, I will always want to refer to them as pop culture icons, but, and they just park them. We got this now. We know how to represent you, you know? And then they don't have interest. You're not getting input. And it's really, so we're including the guys on as much minute details as they need to to digest, like if you will, leaving some meat on the bone or cheese on the table for them to carve up, to be a participative partner in what do they want to see? So when we go to start designing the stores, the Hollywood and Vine store may way be more geared towards Cheech's Chicano background and art influence and his involvement in that, right? We want to personalize these stores for Cheech and Chong. So when they walk into them, they feel like they're their stores and they represent them appropriately. And so working with them has been, we've flown down a couple times um, to meet with them and hang out. We just did a filming episode with Tommy yesterday. Um, Super pumped, you know, super willing to work on stuff. It helps when all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed as well. So I love it. I mean, I've only interviewed Tommy the one time with you for cannabis club TV I just wanted to sit there and have my arm around him and hug him. He's such a rad guy. They're both really rad. I mean, (laughs) Cheech is rad. Tommy's rad. What they have built, you know. But what we're trying to do is reassemble that duo in the cannabis space because they both have their own independent brands. They both have gone their own independent ways in the cannabis space. And we're trying to reunite that stuff. And we're trying to bring it back and bring... That's the magic, right? And I also think the magic, too, is reuniting a lot of these baby boomers that gave up on cannabis, reuniting them with flour, reuniting them with this plant. And doing it in a way where we're staying true to the plant. I think that's our really our biggest mantra is that everybody on our team is so 
devoted and loyal to the plant and not just doing it for money, you know? Um, I know that sounds cliche and, oh, yeah, whatever, you're all getting paid, but it's easy to say that. But I can tell you right now, man, Jeremy's spiritual with it when he's picking product and he's putting stuff together. And the way we market things is, you know, we spend a lot of time on brand and making sure that we're focused on what we're putting out there is representative of what they've built and not just some cheapification of the Cheech and Chong name, which has happened quite a bit. It happens a lot to a lot of people. Look what happened with Willie and Marley's Naturals. And I mean, all those brands are struggling. Jim Belushi's doing an okay job, but he's also driving he's the boat. Th- that's right. He's out there. Yeah. You see his face and his words and voice on their social And he don't know channel. very much. He's learning. You know what I mean? He's yeah. doing his best. And uh, he's doing a reality show. Yeah, he is. I saw that. That may or may not have been a meeting. So we just, you know, again, we're humbly appreciative and grateful to have the chance to do this. We're not getting out over our skis and thinking we're, you know, the big man on campus by any means. We also know we have to earn our spot. We know just because we throw open a door doesn't mean customers are going to just pour in. You know what I mean? Like we have to build it. And we have to give them a reason to be there and a reason to feel like it's their store. So we're going to do a lot of touch points around that stuff. I dig it. So if people want to follow along so that they can know when there's going to be a dispensaria in their neck of the woods, Mm -hmm. how can we follow Cheech and Chong's? So we're going to try to do our best to stay up on the website side of things. So Cheech and Chong's, plural, dispensaria.com, com. From a phase perspective, takeout is on deck right now. And my recommendation would be to follow us on Instagram or TikTok. Those are the two places that we're pumping info hard. Do you know what your handle is? Do you remember? Yeah, Cheech and Chong's Takeout okay. on both of them. Um, and we're launching merch. Like merch stores up right now on Cheech and Chong's Takeout. So we're offering a new flair of product for people. And then, you know, we're doing collaborations like with Dogface on TikTok, who's like one of the most viral guys you can even touch. We were talking to him before he even went viral. Man, good on him. Some dude living in a single wide, not even a single wide, a tow along, you know, in Idaho. You you don't get any more living as frugally as you can if you're working in a, you know what I mean? Like he's a rad dude. He's actually going to be in the Bud Farm game this Friday as a character with the Cheech and Chong guys. And uh, we just. Wait, tell me what's the Bud Farm game? It's an, it's an iOS game that you can download, download. And it's like a role playing game where your teacher, your Cheech and Chong's. (laughs) Characters going through and um, growing weed, selling weed, doing different adventures um, inside the game. You know, we'll be integrating the dispensaria and the takeout component into the game here in the near future, as well as having guest appearances by like Dogface. So there's like all this positive energy that's kind of flowing right now. So if you want to know when we're going to start delivering, you can go to CheechandChongsTakeout.com, actually enter your email address in, and we'll let you know um, when we're going to start delivering weed to your house. In fact, the press release quote <laughs> from Cheech and Chong for the press release is Cheech's quote is, Hey man, I'm on your doorstep. And then Tommy's like, Hey man, Dave's here. I've got your stuff. You know? So <laughs> it's just kind of funny. We're able to play with them in that fashion and get away with it. And uh, people are eating it up. And so we're just going to stay really close attention to what people are responding to. Yeah, I dig it. Well, is there anything that I didn't ask you that we need to cover to tidy all this up? Gosh, you know, I always like to give a little bit of advice to people, you know. Unsolicited advice. Unsolicited advice. You know, it's, uh, 
I, cause I get asked as you probably do, like, how do I get in the space or, Oh, it must be nice. Or, you know, how did you start working with Cheech and Chong and, or how did this happen? Or how did that happen? I mean, if you go look at my LinkedIn, I've had a pretty storied past on the different things that I've done, but that really isn't the, the subject of my advice. The subject of my advice is do what makes you happy, makes you fulfilled, um, measure your success by those two ingredients, not by the money that you put in the bank. And then, take a chance, man. Life is so short. If you have a dream to do something, whether it's being in cannabis, opening a sock shop, deli, there's more opportunity now in this environment, even with COVID and the, and the Black Lives Matters and the elections and politics and all the bullshit that's going on right now. There is still more opportunity today than there was 10 years ago, than there definitely was 20 years ago. So if you're not happy with what you're doing, and you want to make a change and you don't know what it is, that's okay too. And then fail and wear your fails as much as you wear your wins because, you know, this space sure is fucking easy, you know? And between all the things that we have to deal with, then you have to deal with personalities and shade and people hating on you and doing this and doing that. And so do what makes you happy, you know? it's That's why I always love hanging out with you because you're doing what makes you happy. You know, we're only given this life by a blessing, you know, and if you just don't do anything with it, then shame on you. Absolutely. I agree. Here, here. <laughs> Let's smoke on it now. Okay. <laughs> DK and I agree. In business and in life, it's important to surround yourself with people who inspire you to level up. If you're feeling stuck or uninspired, take a look around. Take inventory of the people you spend the most time with. I'm not saying you need new friends, but maybe you need new friends. Or perhaps you're gravitating to the wrong ones. And what do you do in your free time? How much do you sleep? And when do you sleep? Are you consuming things or are you creating them? We're in the home stretch of this historically fucked up year. But instead of blaming 2020 for everything... I invite you to step back into your power and consider a more appealing perspective. And if you can't find one, order Cheech and Chong's Takeout. I bet with a little cannabis-infused meditation, the legends and Mama Cannabis will help you out. Next week, you don't want to miss my lively discussion with Sister Kate of the Activist Sisters of the Valley on a mission to heal the world through plant-based medicine. In the meantime, submit your can of curious questions through the website at casuallybaked.com. Or you social butterflies can always DM me. I'm at casuallybaked on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you're picking up what I'm putting down, please rate and review Casually Baked on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. That single action helps others find this highly responsible cannabis content. Puff, puff, pass it on. Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and mixing performed by Q9 Productions. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create high time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did right. I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canna podcasters right here on PodConX and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.